Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. And we have a guest with us this week. It is our buddy, Pat. How's it going, guys? Going good. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we, in, we in this family call him Mr. Pat over here. Mr. Pat. That's Mr. Pat? My, <laughs> my, my, my kids call him Mr. Pat. That's what, uh, that's what Fox uh, calls me to his son. Mr. Pat. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Pat. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Mr. Pat, Mr. Dennis. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Fox's son spent some time with Mr. Pete uh, over the weekend playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, really? Is that like a multiplayer game? I, it's one I of those, like, I think you, like, build up your island or your town or whatever, but you can also, like, go visit other people's towns. Oh, okay. And like, help them with chores or whatever. I don't know. I've never played it. Man, I, I am not certain that I would... Oh, I'd have to like screen my kid visiting a Pete town. I, that was that was sort of my reaction as well when Fox told me that uh, that that was happening. I was like, "Are you sure about that?" Well, I think, I, I think I've seen seen pictures. I got him into. Uh, I've introduced him to Brandon Sanderson because he's re- he's nice. currently reading oh, the Alcatraz versus Evil Librarians. Uh, yeah, we we talked about that when we were out there because he's um, how old is he? Like eight. Something like um, that, yeah. Could be. And I I watched him reading, you know, some kind of, you know, lighter fantasy, you know, I mean, not kids' books, but like whatever books he was reading, like the early Harry Potter era level of like writing, reading. Yeah. And he was just, he was just churning through these books. I mean, of course, he was sitting around while all the adults were swapping stories and whatever, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, yeah pretty he went through. Like, I mean, like they were thick books too. Paperback while we were yeah. sitting around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a thin. Yeah, those were not thin. I was very impressed with how much he read. But the yeah, uh, so, so considering the age, going through Harry Potter's even a lot. I didn't realize that they haven't released the final book in the uh, in the Alcatraz, Alcatraz. series, uh, and it's been like five years, which is really odd for Brandon Sanderson. But he's also yeah, not the right, not like the lead writer on it either. I don't think. I think he's. Oh, he's like he's like ghostwriting or not. That's not what right. He's co-writing with yeah. someone else um, mm-hmm. because it's from a different perspective. I see. These are spoilers for the books. If anybody cares, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did audiobooks of the first like two or three. They were nice when, like, if I was going on a long trip yeah. and had somebody with me. Like, I have a wealth of things to listen to when i'm driving by myself but if i you know was going to be driving seven eight hours with one of my siblings i'm like what can we do so i've done like the rhythmatist which is a standalone Mm -hmm. in his series or or get some podcasts or like alcatraz is a good um is it's it's lighter obviously being kids books than the standard so, Brandon Sanderson fair. So apparently, I didn't know this. I thought it wasn't in Cosmere, but apparently, Elantris is in the Cosmere, and I did. I did not know that. It's kind of shocked on the. Is Elantris the one with the runes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. In the city where they're they're all like half dead in the city. Yeah, they're right. <laughs> the my what first comes to mind to describe that is a major spoiler for the for the plot of that book. So. I, Glad I caught myself there. I I was just looking through. I I am a little embarrassed to say I have not read a single Brandon Sanderson book. 
You should be embarrassed to say that. I should be. I should be. I mean, he's written shameful. like he's written like seven hundred books, and er, early a, on when when we were doing this podcast, we've gone through phases of of talking about books, and I feel like I've recommended Mistborn to you a couple times because it yeah. seems like a thing. If you're going to do audiobooks with your daughter in the car, it's probably better than uh, than the Name of the Wind. That's the one um, we started. Well, between those two, yeah. that, that's the one that yeah. we we went with, and then and then I remember we were watch we were listening to it. And we were, I remember her, Sydney was getting like into it. She was really like enjoying it. And then you were like, oh yeah, maybe you don't want her to see a certain part. Either, <laughs> either I or somebody else. Cause I'm, I'm bad at remembering those kind of things. People, you know, in my family will ask me, is this all right for, do you think I should let my kids watch this? And I'm like, I, I'm the wrong person to ask because <laughs> I will 100% just like gloss over that stuff. And they're like, oh, you didn't tell me that, uh, you know. They they call each other MFers like every other episode, and there's <laughs> e- explicit nudity in episode three. And I'm like, oh shoot, that's my bad. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were like, well, never mind. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> like I grew up at some point, <laughs> right? Something right. that actually may be a better introduction. Uh, it's not traditional Brandon Sanderson. It's a little bit weird, but is uh, it's young adult fiction, which is um, Skyward. It's a mm-hmm. series. The third book just came out. I'm struggling with the third book, though. I'm not sure that I'm going to. I don't know. I know I listened to the first one. I don't know if I heard the second. Yeah, for for Michael, it would have been either Mistborn or the um, the Steelheart yeah. series. Whatever yeah, I think you'd really like, like the Steelheart series. That's actually yeah. what you should start with. I think you'd enjoy I, that I... quite a bit. I am I am a notorious slow reader, or or even even slow uh, audiobook listener. I, I thoroughly enjoy like reading books. I mean, I, yeah. there is I haven't had one that, that any friend has recommended to me that has been bad, right? Like I, I, because I don't get through so many. You know, I get a nice. I have such a large top ten list for people to read. When I read one, it's it's really really good. Now I know that currently I'm working my way through something called the Lightbringer. Uh, by is it weeks? I can't remember who, who makes that one series, and um, it's pretty good. But like, it's one of those. I want to start something like the Brandon Sanderson stuff, but I don't want to start something while doing something else. You know what I mean? Sure. It's yeah. like I, if I'm going to sit down and I don't have limited time, I, w- I want to sit on this one. So I, I know that I I make a point of listening to it every time I go up to Indy to take Sid to the airport or something like that. But still, man, some of these some of these audio books are like you know a hundred hours oh, of, man. of listening. Yeah, that's so much. Really long series. It, it, it it's really, really good, but it's really long. Right. Um, yeah. I when I first started doing Audible, um, I mean, I don't think no. I went through a couple of books before somebody told me about Wheel of Time, but um, for a long time, like I was explicitly looking for like epics of some kind whether those were like ken follett wrote a couple epics that are like uh historical fiction but um big like the first outlander book mm-hmm. or as mentioned wheel of time like i was always looking for like 25 30 plus hour audiobooks because the um the credit system is a flat rate right and i'm like i'm not going to use my 15 dollar credit on like <laughs> like a like a 300 page book like i want right. a good a good long i want to get my money's worth on it. yeah sure, i struggle sure. with that quite frequently when i see these and they're like five hours five hours for 
Five hours. The credit? Come on. I have to really want to do right. it if I want that five. There are a few that I've that I've bought like that that are that short, but most of the time I'm like, yeah, no. Right. I mean, it's it's. I enjoy I enjoy listening to them anyway. Like I I really do. It it, it is one of those. I I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those people like in Tokyo who are on the train all the time who have a long commute or something. I have like a 10, 15 mm-hmm. minute commute. Uh, so it's not like I, I listen to it. I can listen to it in the car. Um, so only occasionally do I have that hour long drive to, to listen to it. But yeah, I, I, was like do, that. I should do more reading, reading. I was like that when I was uh, working in or working in apps when I had the one hour commute. All right, bad. That, I, bad. That's when I really got into listening to audiobooks. And it was before yeah. you could really do like the audible app and stuff like that. So I was having to burn CDs and they wouldn't let you right. burn CDs to MP3, right? Because that was during the whole okay. time when there was MP3s were being put onto, you know, Napster or whatever else. Napster was dead by then, oh, but right, still. Right. They're trying to stop them from being pirated. Yeah. 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 We, I know it's, it's weird. It's when I, I would listen to my best <clears> time of listening when I'll, I'll make the random trip up to, to Chicago or something you know, like for galloping ghost or to, mm-hmm. to Troy or something. It's, it's like, that's the three, four hours. It's four hours of solid listening. But the worst, kind of the worst part of looking back at that is that I, I get so into what I'm listening to. I don't even remember how the heck I got to where I got, right? Like, did I just autopilot two hours of driving <laughs> and get 75 miles an hour? You're like, oof. <laughs> it's just, how much you get into that stuff. I, that's how I would yeah, be, I mean, Pat, if I was every day driving to Indianapolis, I would be like, yeah, not even exactly what you're trying to yeah. do. That's the goal. <laughs> exactly. That is the goal. That, the, the, the only time that I had long commute, I mean, I guess when I first, when I first started driving, I did a thing uh, that, I mean, they call driving Amish up there and it used to be kind of difficult to explain. Now I would just say like, it's Uber for Amish. So they don't have apps like they're calling you and, on the landline yeah. and stuff but otherwise it's the same like you're driving around so there was a lot of driving but i couldn't like just listen to audiobooks or whatever um but in the early early to mid aughts when podcasting happened 2004 ish four or five man that um, podcasting craze is never going to catch on did you yeah i don't know did you keep an onion tied to your what uh tied to your belt which was the fashion at the time <laughs> yeah yeah um but i was i was commute that's like the only time that i was commuting back and forth to a place and there was a while where it would take me almost 45 minutes to get from where i lived to where i had to work during the day and yeah i just went through so many podcasts and then you you know that kind of stuff changes like when i was working on my house i had a lot of time where i was mowing my lawn or mm-hmm. you know painting or doing some kind of mindless yeah work that I could listen to a lot of stuff and then you know that stops and now suddenly I've got a backlog of podcast episodes and five six credits on audible I need to try and use up I I do I I haven't it's almost an impossible time for me to listen to like an audiobook when I'm not doing something like if I was trying if I wanted to sit at home let's say that I I was mowing the lawn and then I'm like I'm just going to keep listening to this I would fall asleep. I think if I yeah. sat down in like the, the sunroom and, and listened to something, yeah, I'd fall yeah. asleep. It's, so I, I have I'm to the do same. Something. Like it's it's only for times when I can't be doing something else. Because if I am, I'm like, oh, I want to like actually, uh, you know, I have things that I'm reading or you know, video games I can get back to or TV shows I want to catch up on. Like 
audio is strictly for when I'm driving or yeah. occupying my my eyes or hands in some other way. Right. Yeah. I, I now I I should say because I actually it's not fair. I am actually reading reading something. I'm uh, I, I I bought about a year ago. I bought the Ahsoka book. I'm I'm a obviously I'm a super stupid Star Wars nerd. But I'm even more an Ahsoka nerd. Like I, I, I like okay. she's my favorite Jedi character. So they they came out with a book from her, and I've that's I have been reading that. That's my that's my morning thing. So that's, it's not much, and it's not like it's a super popular book like the Sanderson stuff. But you know, it, it is a book, and that's one of the one that that I get finished. But when I, it's not long, and it's one book. So I think when I finish that one, I think that is a good time to like. Okay, now I get a new reading reading book. I think uh, that will be a good time to like dive into Sanderson. But you really, getting back to that, you really should, I th- actually do think that The Reckoners, which is the first book in that is Steelheart, is probably your best bet on that because it is a, it's a superhero kind of book. Like it's superheroes, yeah. but it's dystopian superheroes. Um, so it's almost more like supervillains. Uh, so so it's, it's like, it's not fantasy stuff. It's right. futuristic superheroes. It's, yeah. or villains. I mean, it is, it's, it's a mixture of fantasy and sci-fi. It's mostly fantasy. Uh, really? Yeah. Like fantasy, sci-fi, superheroes? Most, That's cool. It's not... Um, most, most superhero stuff is a combination of, of fantasy and sci-fi. Right. There's not the... Like some, of its, some of its magic, some of its science. Yeah, it's very dystopian, though, so it's very... Um, it's... You know, it, it's on Earth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's based on Earth. Yeah, there's... There's no fantasy world. It's, right. Um, there's no. There's very little world building in it. I mean, there is as you go through the books, but in each book, it's like its own right. section of of where it is. So it's not like Steelheart takes place entirely in Chicago. I, so, I, right. I like the idea. I just now that you guys say those words together of fantasy, like D and D fantasy with superheroes. That is a weird amalgamation. That I wonder if it would be any fun. Well, you bought that source book for um, DC, didn't you? I did. I do. I do. Yeah. At Gen Con one year. Yeah, I, and I still have it. It's still out on my, my end table right now. I, I so you, you I just gotta you just gotta figure out the system and then Sheesh. and then schedule a. That's not a bad idea. Characters. Like do a D and D fantasy world, but we all pick superhero characters. Oh dang, Dennis! That's my mind. Whenever blown. you're, whenever you're done with your. Uh, with your one-off campaign you're doing. Yeah, we're, we're uh, almost done. We should like have one more time with that. Hopefully we can yeah, probably, do that afterwards. Probably sometime in the next six months or so. We'll, we'll get a third <laughs> session in. We'll, we'll hop, hop into that one. Get a third session and then maybe, maybe ready for this superhero thing by like mid-2024. Something like that. Yeah. That's our new thing. Yeah. 2024. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's actually really cool though. That's a, that's a really neat idea. Uh, but I also like, uh, I'm, I'm, it is nice. Not changing too much into this one, but it is nice being back into Sanctuary City and playing the D&D things again that we're, we're playing. So even if it's just mm-hmm. like a, a short little adventure thing, it, it it's, you know, I occasionally have the, the inspiration and the, and the, to, to play D&D or role-playing games again type stuff. But, you know, in the last two, last year and a half, I think I've really kind of had it. So being able to play with the guys that we're playing with or, or peep guys uh, generally, we've got a girl in the group too, Sydney. Um, has been really, really fun. And uh, what's, now, what's the I word? Th- I forget. You, uh, Pat, are you in that group? Yeah. I thought I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying it to means- figure out a way to, to leverage 
my character. Wait, 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 wait. Don't say do. too much because people listen to this, Pat. No, I'm not. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> like yesterday, I said betray, but that's not really what I meant. What I really meant was <laughs> he said betray the group. Yeah, he said that I did say right. betray Such the a group. Strong word. That was yeah. That's not really <laughs> what I'm talking about. Just take advantage of it for my own. Like everybody is going to be helped. <laughs> I just want to be helped more, kind of thing, right? <laughs> that, that, okay. that makes a lot of uh, sense. I want my character to develop out of it with that kind of yeah, like, uh, or advantage gaining or, or being being ahead of everyone else. Because I think so that would that, be in so character. Pat's, so Pat's playing a rogue, it sounds Yes, like, absolutely. Uh, Pat, you, you can, since we're talking, getting into the subject a little bit, you can correct me. Because I, I, I read a bit of what you've described with them and I've heard you. I will say it feels like, this is one of my favorite parts about being a DM is I get to like, experience this with you know thing uh he, he feels like a mid-level mobster at this point is that right uh, i would probably say even a low level low level okay uh yeah, yeah. beginning well, entry level kind out, of thing he's yeah get, he's getting his his feet wet with stuff yeah which is kind of cool like if he yeah. is if he actually is the character that he's supposed to be like that i designed him to be he actually yeah. into the the later character that I've already done, which is uh like the high level monster or high level mobster who like controlled everything. Now this is um, his starting bit. I mean, right. See see that th- that stuff I was gonna say, Dennis, is that that I, I, I really, really enjoy. This is something as a DM that it, it keeps me like really wanting to play it, you know, role playing games is this sure, um, sure. I th- I think that Pat and and Justin had really kind of solid at least ideas pats more developed than what justin's is but it's still like they have they know what they're going to do kind of when they're doing it with his personalities etc um and then you have chris which has a, a general idea and sydney who's just learning um and then those two will like jo- be spurred on by the other two like right the other two mm. are just have these kings and they're just playing them through and that kind of encourages and inspires other people that you're playing with and it's so right. neat to to like just be the observer. I get to like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of work, but I'm actually love that listening to Pat do his things, listening to Justin do his things. And all of a sudden here comes Chris and a couple weeks later, you know, having his ideas or whatever and really kind of getting into it like everybody else is. And it's, it's well, I, mm-hmm. I like Chris and I, cause Chris and I have formed a, uh, an entertainment group in the, in the storyline. Uh, we are the murder hobos, uh, murder hobos. Yeah. Right. So we entertain people. He, He's a bard, so he sings and plays music while I cast minor cantrips to to uh, entertain the crowd with minor illusions and such. Yeah, Pat's been okay, real good yeah. about like finding out things like, especially what, what Chris does, what his character does with bards, and then like having Chris do that and then playing off of it. You know, like, Trying to. Do a ghost sound and I do this thing. Oh, yeah. I did do that, actually. You're right. I'd forgotten about just, that. Just, just pretty. It, it's, it's such a great thing. We always talk so much about role playing games and, and the differences between, let's say, computer games or any kind of thing. Now, uh, it, it's so intangible that you can't always talk about it. But it's neat occasionally to see, hey, this, this, this right here, this thing, is an example that in person role playing games does that nobody else. Oh, does. nothing else does. I forgot about that because one of the things we did do with that when you said the ghost sound, it was we were I was able to create an, an illusion that couldn't do any sound. And he was able to create sound that had no visual to it, so we put it together to create a uh, a ghost sound in the okay. yeah, thing yeah. to distract yeah. people, so it was more realistic. Right. Another another example of things you can't do, like in role play, uh, computer games or any other RPGs, is 
Pat randomly wants to pick on the gnomes that were walking by and just has the most like, different creative ways to do it. It's like, that's something you can't do. Hey, by the way, I'm going to like bully these gnomes. She's <laughs> really great. Sure, sure. Did I do that? I don't remember doing that. <laughs> yeah. Remember before, I did. before we were going, going into the, the caves, you were, you were those little gnomes I'm, that were in there. I'm pretty yeah. sure that historically there are ways to bully people in video games. No, but, but, but it's like, I, it's, I don't, it's pre-made. <laughs> like it's pre-made. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get right? what you're saying. You, you have to do it. Just, I didn't expect things like that. So anyway, yes, uh, role-playing is great, and, and I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, superhero uh, fantasy world is like a really neat idea. Maybe I will definitely think about that one. Um, Brandon Sanderson, though, uh, good stuff. Hey, let's, let's uh, pivot that into our uh, thing this week. We're gonna, we said we, we've been talking about it for a while. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about Wheel of Time stuff. Is that okay? I know that both of you guys, sure. this is a weird thing yeah, because this is, you guys read it and I This will be a little tricky. So yeah, if, if, it was, if it was just Pat and I or uh, Pat and I and our buddy Cogswell, mm-hmm. like we could just go, go deep on book spoilers, but obviously we don't want to do that. Uh, yeah, here. I got so, to chain you guys back a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, right, right. So the the series but is five episodes in. They they did release three on the first uh, the first week, and then of, of a book series uh, that is how many books? It's fourteen books. Whoa! I want to say yeah. curse word there. They won't do all the books though. <laughs> they'll they'll there no, there are there several are... books that can be condensed down into about one episode of. To be able to get wow. to the same point of, of a of a TV show, yeah, I yeah. I sort of explained that in vague terms, which I'm especially glad now I didn't name any names because now if you're watching the show, you would yeah. you would get spoiled by that. But there are characters that go on side adventures that can really just be completely deleted from hmm. from the story, yeah, or just, I, or I have, summed up with just exposition or something. And, and yeah. what what we'll talk about, by the way, here, dear listener. Is just episodes one through four. I know there's five out. I've not yet a chance to watch five yet. Okay, that's but fine. but I'm I'm I now that I know that I think I heard you guys talk about that today or yesterday. Now that I know that I'm the um, but there will be spoilers, I assume, right? For those four, depends if Dennis gives us yeah, this spoiler bell or not for for the series. So if you've not yet started watching uh, uh, Amazon Prime's Wheel of Time TV series, we're going to talk about episodes one through four. I don't know if you guys can hear the bell, but I hit the bell. Bing! There was the bell. Uh, okay, so we left. We left time. Um, how do we want to start this whole whole conversation? I I will say, let's start. Let me start this as as a non reader, but just as an outside hearing of the words and the rumors and whatever it might be of this series. I I, I heard about it oh ten maybe even fifteen years ago at a a friend who was a big book reader at work coworker. And he mm-hmm. was talking about it. at that time. He was saying like he was very frustrated. He's like, "You should read this this series. It's so great. I'm so excited." Uh, but he said, "It's not it's not over yet." I was like, "Oh, okay. It's not finished yet. Cool." So I had yeah, just not too long. That was read, the recommendation given to me in like 2007 ish, right? And I think I think I was still in the middle of the Harry Potter stuff. I can't remember when mm-hmm. Harry Potter was all out, but I think it was Harry Potter stuff. And I was like, "Oh, cool. I'm, I'm I'll do like what the the Harry Potter stuff is, and I'll just I'll." I'll Read all the books and then you know watch this the the final episode of the the movie and then read the last book. I'll be caught caught up. And he's like, no no no, this one we don't know if he's going to finish it. And I was like, wait, you're recommending me a book series that has how many books? Is twelve? And I said twelve. Um, and he says, uh, or maybe ten at the time. I can't remember what it was. He said, uh, and and we don't know if he's going to finish it because he may die. That was not a glowing review for for, for me at least. Uh, 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 re- spoilers for real life. He did. 
uh, he did, he pass did away die. before yeah, okay. finishing it. Uh, Brandon Sanderson finished it, the author we've we've been talking about. I don't Correct. know. That's an interesting question, but I I wonder what it would have been like if that had not happened. If the if Sanderson had not finished it and it just remained unfinished, because a lot of a lot of the like hype and enjoyment of the series was this sort of guessing game and like uh brian cogswell and i would meet up at the alley bar and talk about we're like so there's this character and this character and do do we know what happened to this one and we're like oh well they were here and then you know there's like all the side sort of um the theory crafting um but knowing how the whole story ends my memories of it the things that i enjoy are just cool things that happened along the way like throughout the journey as you and do, i right? think the journey is more important than the goal yeah, yeah. and so i don't know if if it had never ended i probably still would be you know sort of bitter about it like like deadwood or uh yeah. or the name of the wind or the the king killer chronicles which is only three books but i don't yeah. know come on come on man yeah so so i i, I had i had heard that much and was so so that made me not want to read it, right? Like, like, like if sure, he finishes sure. it and he lives, I'll I'll, I'll get into it. Right. Um, then he turned around and told me that I should do the um, what was the one with the gunslinger? With is it Stephen King? With Stephen King, yeah, yeah. yeah he's like do, do that one, um, which which I didn't do that one either. Uh, it's good, but it's very strange. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that, that's that's where I come into this one, and so I had that that in the back of my head of like you know this is somebody that I knew. That was super excited about it, but it never ended. And then later on, I hear that uh, I think that it was through you, Dennis. Who we I, I brought up this same kind of thing that happened, and you were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I read it; it was great." And then you mentioned that Brian had read it as well, and, and was really big into it. And then I found out Pat had read it, so I'm like, "Oh man, everybody has read this thing." And then it was announced like that they're doing a, a thing. I think I had read it when they were after Game of Thrones was over, and they're looking at the next fantasy series. So I remember changing our our Game of Thrones chat group to Wheel of Time, thinking that, you know, it's going to be, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it, except that it's exciting from the story standpoint. And then I have at least four friends that I know that are three or four friends that really, really like it. Now, um, you know, so he that's finished where I, the series like to. 10 years ago, right? Yeah. So long ago. Right. So yeah. <laughs> or eight years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was clearly, was clearly good. It's funny that it was, so he must, Brandon Sanderson must've finished the last couple books in just a couple years then. Right. Yeah. Oh wow! So he cranked them out and just like I'm done, right? That's how Brandon Sanderson works. Yeah. So so can we get him on um, the next uh, Fire and Ice books? Can we get him to do to do that? Hmm. Um. So yeah, that that's that's the setup for for what I know about it. So when it came out, and that's all that's all I knew. I didn't know anything about the story. I still didn't know why it's good. I knew it was a fantasy book, but that's that's the the length of my thing. Now you guys have been Pat. Did you? Read this when it came out. I know Cogswell did back in the '90s, like right when it launched. Were you a, an original guy or, or a latecomer to reading it? Uh, I was. I came in in the uh, probably in like the early 2000s. Do I guess? Oh, so the, this, so this has been you. You came in like mid series. You knew this yeah. was already an ongoing thing. Yeah. So that was probably about. Crown of Swords, maybe, which is in the middle. I'm just, I'm just looking at the list of books, and and I think that might have been about where I, hmm. what. Okay, so I read. 
The, the I read, one. let me think here. Uh, I read some books by an author. Her name was um, Robin Hobb. Robin Hobb? Yeah, Assassin's Apprentice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has so many of those, right? Like, there's just so many of them. But they're basically in like three or maybe two or four book groups. Book like, serials, sort of. Right. So, so you read like three in the Farseer trilogy and you get all three of this character things. Now that character will continue on and the world continues on and it is more expansions of that world in other things. Is that the way that this wheel of time works or is it one story through 14 books or whatever? One story through 14 books. Oh, well. uh, but I know what you're talking about. Cause they did, he did the, the Farseer and then he did, or she did the uh, Rainwild Chronicles yes. and the live ship series and live ship i've heard about yeah the tawny man series that was more oh, recent. i started tawny man i started tawny man and the other yeah, the i didn't even realize it but the the well there's a character that runs through all of those and i didn't even uh, realize it was the same the, character the fool yeah the fool is the fool. uh he's not in all of them but he definitely runs through the whole he's yeah. sprinkled in everywhere Right, and and he's a and he's a main character. So so that was like someone says, you know, you should read the Robin Hobbs books, or even the, the it's all in that same world, but it's same. But this sounds like it's just one story that that's like a very very long story. Did you guys ever feel now, Dennis? You mentioned that you love the theory crafting crafting of it, but did you guys ever get like tired? Like, oh my god, it's never. It's like six books, and I'm never and it's wearied. Like some sometimes I will get after a couple, like man, I'm ready for the ending of this. I mean, when I, I don't have the list in front of me anymore, but I started listening to the audiobooks around, as I say, like 2008, I think. 2008 um, would have been The Gathering Storm. That's actually about when I did too, now that I think about it. Yeah. Because The Gathering Storm was the first Brandon Sanderson book. The, the first Sanderson. So I don't think, Jordan was still living, I think, when I started listening to him. And so a couple more came out, though if it was Gathering Storm, it might have been. And so I think it was a case where, like, for a long time I had a sort of backlog. But the it became this sort of thing where I had listened to so much of it that I knew all the characters. And so in the in the gaps between, like, waiting for the next book to come out, like, I would try other series and I'm like, okay, now it's it was a little bit like trying another MMO after playing World of Warcraft mm. for so long. And actually, mm-hmm. it was um, uh, my buddy Sean, who we had on to talk about yeah. WoW Classic, who was my, my, my guild master back in the day. He was one of the guys who recommended this series to me and was like, hey, just want to warn you, it's not done. Uh, so yeah. uh, uh, that whole thing. But... Um, yeah, when I when I would go to another fantasy series, I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how the world works, whether there's a different magic system, or even if there's not, like, learn mm-hmm. all the all the names of all the places, or you know, the things fantasy authors do a lot, where they take a normal mundane thing and give it a give it a funny fantasy sounding name, and th- there's yeah. a ton of that in in the Wheel of Time. Like, um, they have a drink called Usquai, which is uh, clearly whiskey um they have tobacco which they call tabak mm-hmm. and you know all that it's like it's not very different from you know our normal word but it's like 
it's oh, it's another world. So the word for it is a little bit different. I and, mean, that's that's why that's why I stuck with like D and D fantasy books for decades. Sure, like, why sure. I did because I because I, I didn't have to know that stuff, right? Like so, and I, yeah, so I get that. yeah, and so so this series had that, and it also had the fact that I knew characters. You know, obviously there are characters who will will survive. This is not that much of a spoiler, except that. Um, well, I won't say that because it's, it's more of a spoiler. Let's just say Robert Jordan was much less uh, uh, ruthless with his characters than than George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. But um, re- regardless, it's safe to assume that the ent- the entire cast from the first book uh, doesn't. Um, how do I want to say this? They don't <laughs> all. You're trying die, not to spoil right? you guys. Right? I'm trying not to spoil it. So what I'm saying is, late in the books, there are characters from the first book who are still around. And so when I when I listened to the next audiobook or even re-listened to a couple of them, I'm like, I already know when the character comes on the screen, like, I know him. I've listened to mm-hmm, stuff that mm-hmm. he's done for the last 200 hours of, of audiobook content. And it was just like a uh, like a comfortable place. Sort yeah, of. So that, I was going to say that that sets us up to where we're at here with the show is that it's not a, a thing where you guys occasionally visit the world on a short adventure. It's one that the the, war, the adventure has been going on. I guess not terribly long for you guys, a couple of decades, but for 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 I guess it is crazy, a couple of decades. Um, but it's one one that you guys have have feel comfortable with the story and continuing on with. So now you reach to a sh- uh, you're starting the show. How long ago was it that you guys read the last one or listened to the last one? Like. Pat, did you watch it when it came out? When did or read it when it first came out? When did the when did the last book come out? I don't know. I think Pat, Pat has do, it in front do, of him. Do you know that one? Not sure. Do we lose him? We might have lost him. Lost uh, him. I want to say like twenty twelve ish. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, <laughs> no, no worries. No. Worries. A memory of light came out in uh, two thousand thirteen. And I would have, okay. and I would have okay. listened to it on in when it came out January of 2013. Yeah, like right, like, yeah, out. I would have gotten it right brand away. Brand new, brand new when it came out, and then I don't know. I think I think Brian and I probably talked about it a couple times before it came out. Uh, he said because because he's unlike us, he has been reading them almost since they were yeah mm-hmm. since they started in in '91, and. Um, By the way, we'll we'll have him pat you on at the, at the end, at the, of, the end of the season, end of the season. I think, finale. yeah, we'll, we'll all talk about to it. do a to do a wrap up. But he would often reread them, like go back and like read each new one twice, go back and read all the old ones before the new one came out, and that kind of stuff. Which, right. if you're reading like the physical book, is probably easier because you can just skim over stuff you know really well if they're speaking the old tongue or. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever where you know with the audiobooks it's a little more a little bit more of an experience but um before the last one came out he said he was gonna he was gonna go back and reread them all and i don't think he ended up doing that because it's like you get to the end and it's like harry potter or any of those long series yeah that end you're just like okay it's over all the all the anticipation stuff is is out of it now is gone well it's been it's been eight years now since you guys listened to it yeah, um, yeah, that's true. So you've had time for it to like sink in and then go into your past memory and come mm-hmm. back out. Uh, we'll start. I guess let me ask. Start with Pat and we'll get a random thing. We're four only four episodes in. Are you reignited with your happiness 
starting is that the right word uh, like when you start a thing and you're really excited about it because you enjoy it um this is only the very i'm assuming the very very tip of the iceberg um of the whole book series are you equally as excited as you were before reading it like this is this is a cool show it's well it was bringing back all sorts of stuff well it's interesting because it does give me memories it's like, oh yeah i remember that happening right I, oh yeah i remember that in the book and i'm like did that happen in the book like the uh the right. whole fact that um that uh Perrin was married in the in the show in the show yeah. and not in the oh, book that's right there there's this there's this whole other so that, component here that that they changed the story right and you. uh i i also read something that Nynaeve was uh the the author of this particular piece was really mad about what they did with with Nynaeve because she like that whole scene where they're throwing the the lady into the water to bring her into the women's circle, um, mm-hmm. that that was completely out of character for Nynaeve in the book. But her, her point was that if Nynaeve would have seen the women's people in the women's circle doing that as an entry to the to the women's circle, he, she would have come up and called them all wool-headed fools who who were putting people in danger for some macho initiation attitude mm. instead of being the, the lady who pushed Egwene into the water, right? Into it's, the water in the first in place. In the first place. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the, the, the river, yeah, the river thing is a, is a metaphor for the magic system, but the, like pushing her off yeah. the cliff was that like, that was really close to just being a lethal accident that you just, that you just did for this like coming of age ritual, right? It might have actually been better and more in character if they would have gently laid her in the river to flow down, mm, instead true. of. And I think it would have had a very similar impact and been more in keeping with the character. Just and that just came to mind just now, but it also was right. much more dramatic on a film screen to throw her in, right? And yeah. to okay. see that. Okay, let let me ask that for you guys then. So these changes that you see again, we're only four episodes in of it. 14 book series, but these, what you've learned, are you, do you feel that the changes that they've made are for the betterment of TV or for betterment of the story? Like the, do you feel it's an editor, let's say an editor would go back to this series and say, we don't need this. We don't need this. This is good. This is better. Let's change this. This character needs more information. Do you think they've, they've done that here so far, or that's what they're doing with the, the adaptation that they're, they're improving it. Or are they needlessly making changes? Well, I think they've added, they're trying to add depth to Perrin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know what, I think they just did the other stuff for, uh, for, um, I think they did the other stuff for just adding Wait, that piece of drama. Tell, tell, tell me other stuff. Sorry. I, yeah, I it's, think they, it's tricky. Yeah, go ahead. It's tricky. It's a tricky question because what changed, right? It's like you watch, I'm sure, you know, people have done countless essays and, and video essays on Lord of the Rings, right? The the film trilogy compared to the book, what, what was brought in, what was left out, what was changed, what improved the story, uh, you know, as it the, the story was conveyed, like a lot of times it was the same information given in a different context. And there's some of that kind of stuff happening here. And then there are some sort of major character changes that are probably my biggest like issues or, or negative, like in general, 
I love seeing the whole thing brought to life. This is a series that when Game of Thrones was on, I would have thought would never be made because, you know, part of the big appeal of Game of Thrones early on was its, uh, let's say, adult content. Mm -hmm. And the books, the Wheel of Time books, what, what adult content there is, is very, like, uh described in euphemism and like oblique like there there are love scenes later in the series but they're very um broad or uh, generalized whatever yeah whatever the opposite of explicit is mm-hmm. implicit right. maybe <laughs> um right. and i was like oh they'll never they'll never get a company with the budget of hbo to make this show because there's not enough sex in it basically and so yeah. you know the fact that it, it exists at all is a, is very gratifying. Um, but there will, are a couple. I will of, note that there was a naked dude butt in the first episode. That's true. That's true. There was a lot more um, adult content in the in the show. They do the characters are a lot older in the show than they are in the right. Book. That's the that's the major difference um, between from the books to the show is that the characters are all you know m- maybe more historically of coming of age age right like 15 16 you know so, so they're so this just is, this is not a ya book though right like it's not for 15 16 year olds written i i wouldn't i would think so there are some elements of that because the characters are that way but there are a lot of you know adult characters that are not just like crappy parents or villains and so some of the some of the changes that they've made like Matt's whole family life is completely different from it is in the from the way it is in the books, and that's a little bit um that's a little bit YA, I think, some of those some of those changes. And again, like you said, we're four episodes in. I don't know what they're gonna do with that. Right, right. Um, it's, not, it's, it's hardly any par- parents, as as one of you mentioned, Perrin being married. It's one of the things like if the characters are fifteen, sixteen, they can't do. But now that they're early to mid twenties, you're like, okay, they're well into being adults. They're more, (laughs) they're really more like what coming of age looks like in a modern era, in a, in a sense, uh, now that I think about it, but, um, parents character in the books is one who is like a, what do you say? Like, like listen first, uh, uh, talk later kind of thing i don't know if that's an expression Mm -hmm. what i mean is in the books he doesn't talk a lot um he's he you know he's in his head and he thinks things through and he works them out and just takes takes his time like going running stuff over and over in his mind and then we'll talk because he's a blacksmith because he's a big physically imposing person he has like the opposite of a short temper right like he he he's extra sure to always be like calm and in control of his emotions and all of those things. And that stuff is all kind of difficult to show on screen, right? How do you, how do you portray inner turmoil, right? It's, it's, right. it's difficult in a book, you know, if you're Stephen King, right, you can, you can just describe what's going on in somebody's head. It's easy. That's hard to do on screen. And yeah. so I get why, they changed his backstory to give him, you know, this this thing where you you get you get the sense that he's sort of afraid of his own power just as a just as a big strong dude. 
Yeah. Um, but in order to get that, they put in this whole story where he accidentally kills his wife. Yeah, um, I say I say Pat Pat mentioned that to me yesterday. Um, I don't mean to put words in your mouth here, Pat. So correct me if I'm wrong about like that they added that as as extra, like that whole background. And and to me, and now I'm just hearing from you that they did that with Matt as well. So far, only four episodes in. So we're going to say that a lot. Um, is that seems like core to what's happening right now. To to me, non just viewer of four hours of the show. Uh, that's like their, that's all there is about them is that Matt has his family and everything's about his family and his sisters and, and how terrible his parents are. And Perrin is all about his, the, the trauma that happened to his, 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 his wife. And that is going to set them on their paths for their entire rest of the show is this trauma with his family, trauma with his wife. And I'm hearing now that that's actually superfluous. Pat, would you say I that? No, I think they're using it to, especially with Perrin, I think they're using it to add depth to the character in the show that wasn't there in the books. And Matt, I don't recall his family life in the books other than he did have sisters and he cared about his sisters and was concerned about them all the time. Uh, yeah. Right. So, but you don't, get, you don't get any of that backstory. I think actually somebody, I saw somebody say that for the first like three books, you basically get no character development from Matt at all. And so I I do think they're taking some of those elements and trying to like express them in another way. That's why I, I described all that stuff about Perrin. It just the way that they're executing it is very like written for TV, which is fine. Mm. It's a TV show. I just have a different lens that I can't help but look at it through uh, yeah. because I've read the books. I mean they do do the yeah. they do do the theming of uh and I I don't know if this is the later episode. Well, that's why you were confused yesterday, Mike, when I was talking to you about something, because it hasn't happened in the episodes that you're talking about yet. <laughs> but they do a lot of, they do some mad development. It feels like they're doing that and picking up. And I recall that from the books, that it happened at this timeline. Um, okay. I think what he's talking about is yesterday I said, oh, that yeah, I don't know that's, why Matt's going there's, crazy. There's some yeah. Matt stuff in episode five. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, Matt, Matt's going crazy. I haven't seen him, like, I'm going to use the word bend, but I don't know, like, cast or whatever. I haven't seen him do anything, and he's going channel. nuts. Uh, channel, yeah. Cool. Uh, and I was asking Pat, like, I don't get that. I don't get why he's going nuts. It's fine. I, I get he's like, I think they were pushing that men go nuts, but I had never seen him do stuff. So, evidently, that happens, and i got to watch episode five and, and learn some stuff. Well, one of the things I was disappointed in is that they referenced to Viren. And they have just one right. cast-off line in the the yeah. Moraine says about there are five Taviran. I hear or I hear, there's rumors that there are five Taviran there, and even yeah, I had I mean, to try to remember what to. But then they never define Taviran, you know. And right. and it's Taviran are people who have I, strong influence on the pattern. Um, right. So it's not necessarily channelers; it's just people who have influence on the strong oh. influence on the pattern. Right. Okay. That's that thing that you, you mentioned. We were, I love it. We were talking about this as it was pouring down rain and we're trying to, to, to move thousands of pounds of weight, uh, from a moving. And I, and you said something like, I didn't understand, like personally, I didn't understand why these people are important and I don't see them channeling and stuff. And then you, you, you let in with like, oh, they're not like the dragon or whatever. They had like a special designation and I don't understand that. Now, now you seem to be explaining that they don't do a good job of explaining it. It sounds like, like I, yeah, I, 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 was really I assume that explanation is forthcoming because it's, 
it's kind of important. I mean, it explains part of why all the characters come along because I think, well, I guess we haven't talked about this since it started, but in the books, the dragon is definitely 100% male. Like it's part of their whole conflict. And I don't know. I don't know if they, well, they're they're definitely mixing that up with this one because there are two ladies in this group. Right. They, they say, they say that, I mean, the group is the same. So, this is, I, I mean, I could explain this now. I assume they're going to explain it in the show. But the idea is, right, time is a wheel, and the pattern is the pattern of lives, and the lives are the threads. Like, in the books, they sort of explain that over and over whenever uh, Moraine is talking to different people. But a, a Tarviran is someone who influences the pattern around them. Like, instead of them... being uh, a sort of um, like their life defined by the pattern. It's the other way. They're just like a, like a strong, powerful, like very often a King. There's a character they've mentioned. They've just name dropped called Arthur Hawkwing, Mm -hmm. who is kind of a, a King Arthur kind of character. And just sort of, it's like those kind of people who, their life creates a a whirlwind of of other lives around them that they seem to be in the center of they're they're a hitler yeah or you know maybe something <laughs> less less nefarious than that less evil <laughs> or a george washington and and so <laughs> the different, the com- different Pat. the combination of you know you've you've seen by this point that both of the of the girls the young women they're girls in the book the young women who are part of the the party can both channel right right um, yeah and that. and moraine sees that in the books but she doesn't want to say it right away because to normal average village folk like being able to channel channel is a is a scary like sometimes forbidden uh thing but they're also some of them especially the three the men are are all taviran and so they're they're creating the swirls of the pattern and so she's she's interested in them for that reason as well as for looking for the dragon and again the the dragon thing it's fine that they changed that it could have been a woman i guess except that in this in this age part of the dramatic tension is that all men who can channel go crazy because of the taint on the male half of the magic source uh the the one power but they know that the dragon has to be a man. And so they're like, how do we... And they get into that a little bit. But, like, if the dragon could be a woman, it takes some of the it takes some of the tension out of that. But it's fine. And, and am I correct in saying... I'm going to pivot a little bit here. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm sure, going to use sure. one, our, our free curse word of, of, from Apple here is... Uh, are, are, are the Reds assholes? Like, they seem like assholes. There's my second one, I guess. Um. I the mean, red ladies, of, yeah, spellcasters. Maybe I, just that one red lady that we see a lot of, but right, they, right. they seem like they seem like the villains. Which is going to lead into my next question of like, how are the villains you guys feel? As we I mean, on? they're like, they're mostly they're mostly you know misandrist uh, men haters. Um, yeah, in in the books, the books are more. Um, are more overtly gendered. I think I alluded to this before the series started. Like he started writing the books in the nineties and 
uh, Robert Jordan was a white guy, so he had no problem, you know, right? Even though, even though there, uh, you know, many aspects of the world are run by women, right? Which seems like a reversal of gender politics. It's still generally pretty standard gender roles and and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't I don't think necessarily that the Reds are are assholes, but they're just um I don't know. They're a little fanatical, but not yeah, as that's much a, as that's the, a better point to be to say that yeah. they're very fanatical. Um okay. And they have very strong opinions and push forward those opinions. Um each of the colors has a specific thing that they do. Right. I was going to say, reference I'm assuming they, they define that, right? Like, Pat, they, they define that. They do the in the books. And I don't think okay. it's they do. I don't think it's spoilers to they, say what they are, but go ahead. No, they, they do in the books, and it, and it takes a while. I remember reading, and the first time, it might even be when, well, I'll, if I name drop that character, it'll, it'll be a spoiler. But when Maureen says that she's blue and mm-hmm. not red... I pictured there just being two and it takes, I think it might take a couple books before you start to meet a bunch of the other colors. They do reference um, it in, in episode five on this, uh, at least one other color and yeah, the yellow, the yellows. Yeah, I know, I know. And blue they do and, greens blue as well. So far. Blue, red and green yeah. is represented in, in episode three, I think, or episode four. Episode four. Um, I'm assuming those are just like factions. Well, green are the battle. Aja. And you know that in there, um, red is more like maintaining order within magic. Like they are, they are like the the military police of the of the Aes Sedai. So they're yeah, they're 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 a little bit fascist. They're yeah, police is a good is a good word. The greens are like you said, battle battle aja so they're a little i mean they 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 don't one of the laws prevents them from fighting or making weapons is the third is the third law but uh third oath but um they also the greens will bond multiple warders Mm -hmm. you see that in episode four um they're the only aja that does that um the reds never have orders it's part of their anti-male sort of uh, uh, ideology. The blues are kind of like spies and yeah. and political. I mean, they're diplomats they're all and political, political, but yeah, diplomats, <laughs> shysters. <laughs> there are also there are also yellows that are healers. Yeah, yep. and I think they're the they're the uh, academics, right? Which ones? The brown aren't they academics? Browns. Yeah, the browns are like historians. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, There's a whole bunch. Do you, do you? I think that's this, all. This them. is gonna. Be, I got two questions. They're gonna be difficult for you two to to dance around. Okay. Um, do they? Uh, they feel like bad guys at this point, um, or or not to be trusted, or tyrants, or the government. I should say, like they feel like that. Well, at this point. Mike. Who, I think you'll find I think you'll find that many of the truths you cling to depend <laughs> on your own point of view. Perspective. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. I mean it's it That's depends fair. on your perspective That's fair. That's fair. as to That's how fair. things happen. Uh 
Certainly, they are yeah. not. They are not the villains in their own story. Sure. Okay. So. Yeah. That, see, that's that's the. I expected a a non-answer for a non-question. That's that's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So the the next one comes, which let's see. If Pat is adept at this one. Um, how do you feel that the villains so far are being portrayed without telling me who the villains are? Because they're it's it's nebulous kind of at this point. I I will say as a non-reader here, uh, the what I'm calling uh, evil paladins are are the villains clearly. And maybe the the White Tower people, the Reds are the villains, and uh, this uh, false dragon person is a villain. So I don't know who the villains are, but since you guys probably know who it is or who they are or whatever, do you feel, without telling me, that the villains are pretty cool at this point? They're they got their story. They're doing they're building stuff up to make you feel good. Are they portraying them well, them or him or her or whatever? Oh, let's go oh, pack. You, you want me to, right to answer time. that? Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Well, again, many of the truths we cling to are only true for <laughs> certain point you of view. You can't go back to the same answer. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think they are. I think that the the book had the thing is that the book was able to describe things in a more. Um, in a manner that that brought especially the faceless to life more. I'm not particularly oh, happy the, yeah, with the faceless. Yeah, there's also those those evil demons, right? Yeah. Um, is that the demon people, like the guy with the big like the mouth of Sauron type thing? Yeah. They it's confusing because like um, they do this a little bit in Game of Thrones, but because the 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 um, what are they called? Shadow Spawn. Those are the actual like the Trollocs and and the Fades. Um, because they're so seldom seen by people, um, they have a bunch of names, right? It's mm-hmm. just like there are, there are dozens of names for the devil, right? Sure. Yeah. Satan, father of lies, old scratch, whatever. Right. Um, and these are the same way. So, like, sometimes they call them fades. Fade is the most common. Yeah. But they're fades. They're half men. They're faceless. Uh, the, the faceless. um there are a couple of different ones, and they'll just use them interchangeably. So it's, so it's kind of, and they're clearly the villains. I mean, we—that's not a secret. Right? Yeah, they're they're, right. they're orcs and uh, yeah, and Boogeyman. and the, even even orcs, orcs isn't quite well. Really, they're like they're kind of like mortar orcs. Like they'll fight, but they they have to be kind of whipped. They're they're, uh, you know, feral. They're. They're not. But you're talking about the Trollocs, right? The Trollocs, yeah. And I yeah. think that they, you know, I don't think they talk as much as orcs, but th- they have that same kind of thing where they're dangerous. But like you see in the first episode, uh, Rand's father Tam pull out a sword and he fights, but he's. If, I mean that that's one of my favorite scenes from the pilot. Is his? <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. his. Okay. His fighting is. It's good, but it's perfectly like this guy used to be a master swordsman, but his sword has been hidden under this floorboard for, you know, long enough that his son has never seen it. Um, But he still, you know, can go one on one with a Trolloc, even with a with a size disadvantage, because the Trollocs are not are not skilled like they're just animalistic, you know, which is part of why Jordan gave them their. I feel like they're a little more varied in the books. He describes how they're like 
they're bipedal, right? They're, they're, um, that's what I'm looking for, humanoid, but will have different animals. Like some have eagles' heads and some have wolves' heads and, um, you know, some have goat legs. I don't think they all had goat legs in the books. Maybe they did. And I just, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I never found that particularly interesting though. No, it's, it's, it's 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 just like here are these things and they're a mob and they have to fight them. But the the we'll say villainous or or more antagonistic characters like um, Leandrin, the the red sister we've seen the most of. I think her portrayal is has been pretty effective. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's she's clearly someone we're not supposed to sympathize with. Like I don't think we're really supposed to hate her yet, but she's very. Um, you know, self-confident and arrogant and has her own um, set of priorities that I think is well, uh, is well conveyed. And of course the children of the light, as you said, the, the, the evil paladins. um, Oh, that's what you meant by the children of the light. I didn't pick that up, but yeah. Yeah. Evil paladins. Yeah. yeah, They're, they're basically evil paladins. Like they, especially in your and you're getting this a little bit they have they have you know their sort of main body but they also have a sub group called questioners which are basically uh, you know inquisitors yeah, um right. you know that are you know they're they're zealots they're they're cultish religious fanatics um and you know we've mostly seen and I guess some more of that is in episode five, so I won't say any more about that. Like we mostly have seen, even from opening of, is it episode three? Where he's he's burning the sister. Yeah, um, right, yeah. I think that's the that, third that episode. Dude, that dude is like super that's evil. the introduction of we, that we character. And, yeah, and we're like, okay, this guy is clearly a villain. Like we don't really need to know but still i think it's and it's hard to tell right because i as a reader i know everything not everything but i know exactly who these people are um and i feel like the show has has conveyed that well i mean clear you're calling them evil paladins so at at least some part of that is getting across to a to a non-book reader um yeah i think all of that is is well portrayed too the um the actor playing uh um, child Bayar, I, I'm, I'm not sure about he's, he's like, he's almost too far. He's almost over the top. Um, not Bayar. Clear, uh, clear uh, about his Valda intentions. It's his name, but, um, yeah, I, I like him so far, but it's, it's easy for villains to become cartoonish. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, right. a, it's a, it's a hard line to walk. Okay. Well, and they, the other thing about that is staying on that point though. You know, are the children of the light really evil? If the Aes Sedai are evil, then are the children of the light working for the greater good? Yeah, yes, for 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 sure. I, right. I get that. Except that, and this is maybe different but, in the book than the TV series. But the TV series shows them uh, like clearly punishing innocence. Like like he, yeah. he when he comes through in episode four, where he's like, "I'm going to kill one of you two. Either of you, if you're both innocent, I'm going to kill one of you two. That's that's clearly an evil thing, no matter what side you're on. Um, yeah. Even if you're fighting for the good, you don't kill innocence. Right. Right. Um, so so that's why I, I say that. Yeah. No. I. It's I a, agree with you. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's 
it's very much of that of that medieval inquisitor kind of you know if i have to torture you to death to save your soul it'll be worth it right it's this very yeah. fanatical uh so they uh, they also did introduce a different bad guy in this well two others but the the one i'm thinking of is the innkeeper who was holding rand and matt and trying to oh yeah, yeah. the 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 lady yeah so they reference her as a so, dark friend oh the dark friend of course uh yeah, yeah. so that becomes i mean that's that's important to know that there are regular humans who are yeah, clearly that, that was, and I, yes. stated that they are working for the dark one whereas nobody I, else i feel that was too short yeah um great yeah nobody else in the like the the certainly the evil paladins if you call them have not been openly working for the dark one right right leandrin isn't openly working for the dark one right, right. no nobody so far other than the dark friend who self-proclaimed dark friend is working for openly working for the dark one and then you yeah i thought th- and then you've got the the visage of the skull with red glowing eyes in the in the dreams dreams. coming through which i think is we'll we'll see how they go with it uh it's it's pretty good to to what i would have expected um yeah they did change a crow to bats which was interesting but that's another it's another thing that's kind of hard to uh bring to life on screen right you can you can describe emotions and you know you know describe something difficult to picture or imagine with words and then you bring it to life on screen like the fade and you're like oh okay well yeah i'm seeing it it's not quite as it's not quite as terrifying as what i pictured in my mind from the well that leads me into my next question that i have for you guys is uh we we just i just asked a hard one about the villains but this is an easier one this is almost a softball And, and again we'll start with pat um how do how do you feel about your your heroes here, or your or at least what is currently heroes? The the main characters currently. Do you feel like the actors were good choices? Do you like them? Are you liking what how they're portraying your your people? You see, granted, I know they're like four or five years different in age, but still, you sat with a couple of these guys at least for one book. Uh, are you, do you like them? Well, do you like their choices. I think that here? I think that I'm waiting for. Uh, Randall Thor to, to talk about going to Tashi Station to get some power converters because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> he's kind of whiny, which is consistent. Uh, but yeah. the I'm fine with all most of the actors and actresses that they've chosen. There's one that's coming up in episode five. This isn't a, really a spoiler, but uh, the Ogier. There's a an mm-hmm. Ogier character and. I don't know why they did this. They picked somebody who wasn't particularly that much taller than than Rand, yeah. but he's supposed to be yeah. substantially larger than the humans, and they're trying to use force perspective and some other camera tricks to make him look larger, but why not just cast somebody who's bigger um, instead of trying to use him look bigger? Uh, so that's now, now they now they have they have they have shown an Ogier in. Episode four, which is like he was the guy that he met. I think Rand is his name. Uh, oh, earlier, and he was like, he was the first time we'd seen an. Ogier. Okay, yeah, no, then then I, I I thought that was an episode five, but if that was an episode four, yeah. then then uh, then it's was it episode four? What 
what scene are you are you thinking of, Mike? Uh, there, there was the part where the dragon come, the false dragon comes into the city, and Rand is out for some reason while they're waiting in the end because they wanted to get cleaned up, and then I can't remember why he went out, but he's I think maybe even in a library. Oh, he's in a library. An... Okay. okay, I would have, yeah. I would have also sworn that was episode five. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah. Well, he he's there. Maybe you've he, seen episode five and you just don't realize. Uh, it. Who knows? Maybe I have. Uh, I I will say where I remember last was that uh, the evil paladins had the two um, other party members and yeah. they broke free. I but also they, I thought that also was. I did too, five. but it may not have been. May, maybe I saw episode <laughs> five then. Then guys, maybe you did, and we're, but but we're now not. you know where where you can talk about. Um, uh, Hopefully, yeah. nobody is listening who's only seen four episodes and and not because we said that at the beginning of the spoilers. I thought that was blood for blood, or so I, I blood, could be wrong. Blood calls calls blood, blood calls yeah. blood. Yeah, I th- I thought that was blood calls blood. I think that was the last one I watched. That's um, episode five then. Oh, then I did watch it. Okay, so I, I watched five. Hey, guys, we get to free reign on episode five now. So five, I, I, yeah. I have watched. I'm really happy to say that I announced that I've watched them all. <laughs> yeah, that um, in, oh, wow. in the book. Sorry. In the book, the Ogiers, Ogier are like nine to ten feet tall. Mm. Um, and so it's a. Like it's ogres. A, kind of, yeah. Like otherwise the visual. Uh, you know the the look of that character is spot on. He's just supposed to be huge, which is part of part of the lore. Um, of they're they're not ants, but they have all the same like characteristics of ants. Um, I don't think they said this, but the the one that we've met, Loyal, is supposed to be like ninety plus years old, and he's basically a teenager in their in their culture. Oh. Um, so you get this entish sort of long life. They're very, um, like thoughtful and introspective and, and slow to, slow the, to the, the writers aren't writing his lines very well. I will say that he's very, he's had very short lines. He's not had a lot of lines, but the ones he says, he just keeps saying you humans over and over again. Multiple mm. times. Like you humans do this and you humans. Do that. Like, all right. I get you yeah. different, but okay. So, all right. Now that I know I'm at five, Pat. What the heck were you talking about with Matt? What 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 the hell reveal? I still don't know what what's going on with him. Oh, no, I was just I, talking about his okay descent. About his descent into insanity. I didn't know how far it had gotten because in episode four he doesn't go that deep into it, and they don't talk about it. So no five, he's clearly going right. Crazy. So Rand talks about how he believes that that he's touched power and that he's been using the power and that's made him insane. Right, but we've like not the, seen it, right? Like we didn't see it. We no, never we never him saw him it. use the power, and we did see the dragon, okay. the the false dragon, uh, Loghain, use the power, and I really liked yes how they visualized that. I thought that was a great visual of mm-hmm. the uh, white with the the black wrapped around it, and then they represented yeah. his insanity with voices in his head. The mm-hmm. that's another villain that we haven't even talked about. Right, is Logan? Logan's well, a false dragon. I don't. So is that I don't a want to ask about. I don't want to ask about him though, because I don't know if he's like a, a long term yeah, villain or point. just like a short term villain. Because I don't know that yet. Like, it seems like they got him under control. Right. He tried to escape, and they still beat him back. And then everyone, every single person is talking about him being the false dragon. So I, he clearly is not what he what he says he is because no one with agrees him yet. Right. Other than they they just brought him in town and took him to the tower, and they're waiting for yeah, the. He, for the uh, Omerlin seat, 
before they do anything else, right? That's where we are. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 He 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 doesn't he doesn't like. There's no one who legitimately thinks he's the actual dragon. They all think he's super powerful and totally badass, but they they don't think like there's no real chance he's the dragon. I yeah. Ex- except for his, except for his army. Yeah. Attack in episode four. Obviously, obviously, but but like no legitimate claim. I mean, I I, right, I, right, I right. can claim that I'm anything, but you know. Well, and he also um, is a powerful male channeler, which. Yeah, which happens. That just happens, right? That's, right. That's a thing that can happen. Right. Right. So he's he's awesome. It was weird when they introduced that guy because he they introduced him at the very end of one episode, and he like like oh he captured the false dragon, and then the camera zooms in on him, and he smiles and looks, and I'm like, all right, that's for the book people because I have no idea who this yeah. dude is. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like the... he, he, he it's 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 supposed to be some like intense moment of like oh my god, but like for me it was like all right, dude, I don't know anything about you except you got a beard, you know. Um, and then the very beginning of the very next episode, very first scene, they show him like marching on the king and doing his whole spiel. The I'm like, oh, okay. now he's yeah. important, but that didn't make any sense to me when you first showed him, guys. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's there's there are several things that like make me remember that the writers read these books and are are, are putting bones in for for so they don't readers, which is which is right. great. They don't actually. One of the things that I don't think is made been made clear yet but i don't think it's a spoiler either is that they don't actually kill male channelers um they, oh, i thought they right. did no they that felt like the reds were like gonna do no that. they do what they what's termed as quieting i think gentling it's gentling yeah gentling <laughs> Which basically, i don't think i want to know what happens no it just cuts them <laughs> okay. off from the power so they lose the power okay. but that also pretty much makes them crazy because you're so invested in the power it's like Actually, Moraine talks about it pretty pretty well on this when she's talking to Naive, or Nynaeve, excuse me, not Naive, Nynaeve, that um, the you you see how much smaller you used to be before you used the power. Well, think about going to that greatness of how much bigger you are and how much more powerful you are, and then having it cut off and being sent back to the the smaller person you were before, and just the tremendous loss frequently makes them kill themselves and go insane and yeah you know they're already insane yeah, so that's that's something we maybe should have said when you asked about the red aja because um and i i think they've made this clear by now but because of the the taint on the male half of the power yeah. um any any men who can channel go insane and they show that with Logan. he's got voices in his head already um the risk with that, of course, is you don't want somebody who it's it's like, you know, a, a person with a mental illness getting a handgun. Like you don't want uh, someone who's going to go crazy wielding magic. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the, they I think they say that at some point what they call the breaking of the world, which is what makes this story uh, sort of post-apocalyptic instead of just straight medieval fantasy now the Mm -hmm. time you know reincarnation is a real thing so it's always it's kind of always post-apocalyptic but um and they're you know they're a couple thousand years from the from the apocalypse that they call breaking the world but that's what it is at the time that they that they last fought and fought back the dark one um there were presumably equal numbers of men and women channelers and because this evil came on the the male half all the men who could channel went crazy and because they could 
wield magic, they just like tore stuff apart, like brought up mountains where there weren't and created new seas and all this crazy kind of kind of stuff. And so the Red Ajab makes it their mission to hunt down and gentle or take the magic ability away, which you see that with with Loghain, um, any any male channel. Well, that's that's why I asked. We haven't to... seen that with Logan yet. Yeah, no. They haven't done that, that to Loghain. Spoiler, yet. Dennis. Spoiler. Yeah, that's that's why I asked where we were with Logan. Is is have have they? That's why I said they're that's... waiting for the Armalan seat to come in to do something with them. So they're still holding him in in stasis yeah. until the Armalan seat rules. Right. In but don't, oh. they they fight in the cave. That's episode four. They do fight, fight in, the in the cave, but they just but... like. Super shield him again is all. Yeah, they so they're still shielding him as they're walking through town. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I just yeah. mis misinterpreted the visual effects on that scene. I thought they yeah. were they were gentling. I think that. they were attempting to, but they were failing. And then Naive came in I and launched just... the power and and put him in his place, and that allowed oh, them to regain right, control right, 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 again. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That yeah, was it, a... it. Just felt like he was he was like, oh, we got him back. Okay, we got him back into the shield. Yeah, but that's that why the two Aes Sedai are on the cart with him in the cage, right? They're still... Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're stuff. right. Okay, so so we... we uh, unfortunately, this is a great co- conversation, but we've talked about it for too long. We've got a lot more still to go. In a very short amount of time, we've got for the show left. So we'll, we'll table this Wheel of Time conversation until... Uh, we, there's, only, there's only eight episodes, so we've got three left. We'll have Pat hopefully back. Pat, if you'll ha- come back, so, we can talk with Brian... About our, yeah. our wrap up conversation for the for the season. Uh are we on real quick guys, because we get we do have to move on. Do you feel we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap up book one in three episodes? No, this will be an entire season. Book one will be an entire season. So so it they will. I mean they will they will finish book one at the end of season the season. One. Yeah, because you, you good. are we on pace uh, for that? Because of the episode titles, a lot of people thought that this season was gonna cover two books, which with eight episodes would have been just madness but, oh are there only eight uh, episodes i didn't even know that yeah there are only eight episodes so i th- i think they're gonna get to at least in as much as they've changed the details of the events i think they'll get to the reveal at the end of book one at the end of season one i mean they almost have I, to yeah that's they can't go slower than one episode <laughs> slower than one than one 14 book, years one of season yeah. Yeah. well i mean right. there are other books that can be combined but this one i i I don't think can. And like we talked about, there'll probably be some that they write out altogether. There, I don't think there'll yeah. be yeah, 14. Like if events start to start to roll, right. Dominoes start to fall and you've got to, you've got to have some, you know, some of the initial, the first, the first dominoes to keep that metaphor. Um, you know, some of that has to start happening. I mean, it's just like, um, just like Game of Thrones, right, with Ned Stark. Like, you have to have this stuff happen so that the rest of the events can... can And, and at the pace they're going, I don't see them, you know, dragging it out. They're they're yeah. rushing through so much, so much story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, so I'm going to... In the interest of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this along. we got 10 minutes left to get through oh, two things I'd like to talk with Pat on the show. <laughs> um one one of our so we're we got five minutes guys we're gonna we're gonna push these quickly uh let's let's go talk about our our movie of the week uh dennis what do you say yes sure
All right, I can I can be quick on this one. I think, even though it's it's there's a lot se- to say, but sure, it's gonna yes. it's gonna seem more harsh because I'm because I'm gonna be quick on it. I watched this with uh, you know half of my family, my parents. What and, is this? Say what, say what this is first. Uh, oh, sorry, we're talking about The Breakfast Club, uh, 1985. John Hughes, uh, Emilio Estevez, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Judd Nelson, um, Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, I watched this with my parents who are, who were born in 59. So they're, had they seen it before? 62, probably like at some point. Um, this feels like a weird thing to watch with your parents. It is. It is a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. my brother who is 24, I think. Um, and no, that can't be right. What year is it? He's (laughs) no, he's like 26, whatever. Yes. Um, I'm 40. My my one sister is 36 and the youngest one is 22. So I I say that with all the dates to say that none of us were teenagers in 1985. And none of us are teenagers now. <laughs> um sure, yeah, right. This this movie had some sort of funny moments that I now recognize as, as, you know, John Hughes-esque, um, the, the, the ridiculous portrayal of the teacher, um, for yeah, example, sure. um, mm-hmm. the kind of runtime padding, uh, uh, montages, music, mm-hmm. music montages. There were at least two of those. Yeah. Uh, um, and the characters had a couple of moments where I was like, oh, I see, I see something happening here that's, that's kind of genuine, but for the most part, just didn't, just didn't land with me or anybody else that I was, that I was watching it uh, with. I think if I were going to recommend, you know, a movie of this era to somebody to watch, I would you know, go to Ferris Bueller, uh, Ferris Bueller's. Day really? Off. Really? Yeah. I, I watched this with, with Sydney. Uh, she watched the first half, like the first hour or so. Um, and then we had to, we had to, 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 to leave to do moving stuff. But, um, the, I thought it was actually pretty decent because it's so broad. Like it's such a broad thing. Like it's, it's, you can't get any more broad than jock nerd, uh, I don't know, criminal, I guess maybe prep, preppy girl and weird girl. Like you don't get more caricatures than those. Sure. And these characters are that. And, and those pretty much span the, the, the time, like time. It doesn't matter. Sure. Generations. Sure. Theirs are still happening today and they are happening in the past. Um, so I, I felt like Sid could watch these things and still get the characters. There was, there was very little, there's a couple things when they say like phrases like, you know, uh, that's bad or not meaning bad is like, that's awesome. Right. Like mm-hmm. that she may not get, uh, but, um, right. But they, but for the most part, it's, it's pretty like it Universal. stands the test of time in general. Sure. You know, uh, it's Saturday school, these people who are this kind of thing and inappropriate in, in ways that they are and doing the things that they're doing. Doesn't matter if it's now or then, uh, it's it, what was funny is that Sydney kept focusing on like some of their clothes a little bit. Like, sure. what's what's he wearing on his on his shoe? Not not like the because it was eighties, but because 
they again they just seem very normal like he a, a jock always wears a letterman jacket a nerd always looks out of place a mm. a weird girl always looks weird like that right like and a prep girl's always wearing makeup and her hair's done so they it was very like I don't know what the word is. Like it spans across, the, it held up. I guess is the word. Timeless or whatever. Yeah, Probably be yeah. to yeah. be uh, as accurate today. Yeah, I mean, the, the themes were just just the same. And you, and you're right, Dennis. Like the the principle. Obviously, there's things that are over the top, and there's the the cinematic stuff that that all the same. They they do uh, weird things when they they smoke marijuana. But again, to teenagers, like I I do have a different perspective because I did see this. With somebody who is a teenager, actually, right, it's funny that right. you mentioned that at, at the exact same time, um, and and it's it was actually really interesting watching it with her because she is fifteen and these are the people she's around every day, right? Um, and and hearing her little side comments that she'll say, uh, like she doesn't know anybody, like um, John, uh, what's his name, the the main the Jed Nelson character, mm. she doesn't know anybody like that. Um, but she knows everybody else, right? right? She, she, she knows all the, all the other tropes. Um, so, so that, that was, that was a weird thing for me watching it with that because, um, she is with these people kind of type things. And I kept thinking, oh, this is just 85. I was like, nah, nah, this was in 94 when I went to school. It was the same kind of things then too. And it still is the same kind of things when Hope went to school and same kind of things when Sydney goes to school. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. And it, and it did have that, uh. I don't know moral of the story, but we, you and I always talk about Dennis how things shows like to beat the message over your head. I didn't feel this one did that. I think it did show you that everybody I, has their own problems. And... Yeah, I, I honestly, I thought the ending was the weakest part. Like, <laughs> oh, really? I, I, I get what they're trying to do with the like, be who you are kind of thing, but like, yeah, some of the some of the ways that those people are are not are not things to be okay with, like the the snobbishness sure. of the princess character or you know uh the the near uh depression uh level anxiety of the of the nerd character or anything like that like i keep comparing it to a similar coming of age movie that we watched last year mean girls which yeah. has a very clear like you you know she starts out and then she sort of homogenizes into this toxic friend group and then they learn and grow through the the course of the story. It just felt like more of a, like considering that it's a lot of SNL alums making that movie, um, a more coherent, like narrative that happens instead of uh, this, which while it still had its good moments, almost just felt like a sequence of events with no real, um, like they have this heart to heart conversation, but nothing really comes of it except a couple of couples form. Right, but I think I think yeah. that's more realistic, though, of what it would probably actually happen in the real yeah. world. Like, do do people yeah, who join yeah, in those toxic right. friend groups really change and improve the toxic no, friend group, generally. or do they just all come together like in this movie where they all came together and then knew very well that they weren't going to talk to each other no, after no, that it's, Saturday? It's high school, and 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 nothing's going to change. Right. I yeah. I actually I do agree with that. I think I think when I watched this, I think I was in high school, so it did it did. For the first time, I think it did have that effect on me too. Is that like that? That did feel, as Pat said, very realistic. And and that like, I've been with, I don't know what, who I was back in 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 high school. I mean, at times I was one th- group or the other, sure. um, but I was never like the super popular kids. But I still hung around with them sometimes. 
And I, and I know that like you would go to a thing and you'd get one person, you'd have a, or a couple people and you have one-on-one and you'd have moments. And then, you know what, you could, you could connect with people of different things, but then you would go on after that and you'd be your own group, go back to your own group again. Right. And so this did feel like that too, that, that, you know, you have the Saturday school or the, the camp in the summer or whatever it might be where you're able to connect with different people. But then, then, you know, you fall back into your clicks type stuff. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was the big thing about this was that it, that it's like showing clicks and showing how we're kind of the same, especially, you know, p- pointing that thing and we can all get along and have our, you know, interesting things about it. Um, and high school is messed up in general. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, 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 li- I liked it. I would definitely still recommend it to someone who's 16 years old. I think, I think that's sure. a, a good thing to watch. It would still work from, from, from that age group. But once you get past it, late twenties, early thirties and onward, eh, maybe it's, maybe it's not the, the sweet spot for it. And younger is definitely not. And I also don't think the point of it was that everybody, you know, you should res- like that everything is good about the way people are and they should not have, not try to change. I think it's much more that the perspective of it was intended to be, look, everything's deeper than what you think it is. You, we've got all these tropes that are on the mm-hmm. surface we're all like this, but then they kind of explore the origins of, of the, the various characters and why they, sure. why they're from the outside, their lives may seem a lot different or well, not different, but a lot like their actions may be bad, but maybe there's some origins for that. Their, their uh, lives may seem good, but there are probably some origins that make it not so good. And, that kind of Especially thing. in '85, that 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 conversation '85, that that was like talking about why a kid's a punk kid and no good and rotten. His parents beat him, right? Like or his, his dad beats him, you know, or or the the girl's a klepto because of the way she, you know things that she experiences, and the nerd isn't doesn't have the perfect cookie cookie cutter home that you might think, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I think especially when we when we watched that at the ages that we watched it at. Um, it, it had those, those keynotes of things. Okay. So, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on this one, Dennis. I mean, is it, was it just, I know it's a very broad thing to say, but like, was it good or like, ah, don't waste your time on this one. Um, I mean, I don't, (laughs) I know that's, that's hard. I know that's the guy who needs a, who needs a paragraph to make a recommendation to make a binary choice. I think I agree with you that if unless somebody has a particular like nostalgic affinity for for 1985 and John Hughes they've probably already seen this but i would yeah. you know maybe say they should see it uh for a teenager maybe i i still would i would i still would say you have i you know a teenager now would probably have more fun watching mean girls but um maybe depends on the teenager uh yeah. yeah so i'm i'm i lean more toward a thumbs down and i think that's just because it didn't really do anything for me sure sure you know? but that's I, also I, I that's also a lot like saying that somebody at that time might have had more fun watching heathers right so it's it's there's yeah. always the different genre of movie and i there, there yeah there there's always yeah you're right and i haven't i haven't seen heathers i've heard that uh also compared to mean girls i yeah. think um 
I mean, I think there's probably, you know, for me, I watched a movie that was a similar sort of coming of age story that not many people uh, have heard of called Angus. Uh, It had the the girl who was um, uh, uh, Lex or whatever on um, Jurassic Park was the was the sort of love interest. And the Hmm. protagonist is this uh, overweight kid who wants to ask the cute girl to the prom and as James Vanderbeek is the cool guy who's always, you know, giving him wedgies and right and stuff like that. Um, and so I think there are always, you know, being made these sort of coming of age stories that can find resonance with with the right audience at the right time. Um, so, right. I uh, from from my thing, I I would give it a uh, I. Appreciate and lo- I like all the, the the things you had said there, Dennis, and I and I agree with them. Um, I think I give it a thumbs up. Uh, if if in, not anything, before the the broad, different amounts of people that they bring into it here, like they have all the different categories, if maybe even an extra ones uh, thrown in there to give you perspective on and bring those together with joining points there, which sure. which I enjoyed, and yeah. I think all of them had all the different ones, not just jock nerd and uh, you know preppy girl. They they did the other ones that, that really fleshed it out pretty good. So, so I enjoyed that and I think that's worth, worth watching. Um, okay. So the last thing I want to talk to you guys, final things, and I know we won't spend too much time on this one, but, uh, I do want to say, um, Star Trek discovery has been out and there's so many, there's what four or five episodes out right now or something like that. Something uh, like that. I watched the first episode. You guys have watched more. Yeah. I've watched season four. Okay. I've just seen ha- the first. I suffered through the last I... one thinking we were going to talk about the entire series on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. This, this, is, this is great. This means that Pat gets to like suffer through it for us. Um, I, I guess that gets, spoils my, my thoughts on it. Um, I, it's, been, it's been known, if you, for a long-time listener to this show, that, that I really enjoyed Discovery. At times, I was really uh, excited about Discovery around season two-ish, I think, was when I was you know, raring to go. I would talk about, you know, I can't wait, can't wait. When's the next one coming? Um, and then episode or season three really, really kind of ripped that apart for me for lots of reasons we've gone into this season. I don't have any, you know, care for, and the first episode didn't do anything to help that Pat you've watched more than that. Does it get better? Well, when I, um, I kind of was thinking when I was thinking about this, to the time that I watched the one episode of the Vampire Diaries I watched. <laughs> and and then, I, then I realized I'm not a 15-year-old girl, which is what Discovery is now written for. Um, it's all right. about angst. Yeah. It's all about emotion. It's all about how is this character oh. feeling? Um, yep. What is this relationship between these characters? How are they going to survive this in their relationship? And it's like, oh my god! Just go right. solve a friggin' mystery. Uh, tell me, as stupid as it is, tell me about Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, not uh, something. Not twenty minutes of me staring at the screen, lamenting the fact yeah. that this bad thing happened. So I, Pat, that does not make me feel better. About no, and it shouldn't you because they're it's terrible. <laughs> and I enjoyed Discovery. Oh. I even enjoyed last season of Discovery. Uh, oh. So, oh man, that's rough. That that's rough. I always have hope, and now you no, just you, it you all. should be crushed. <laughs> it was oh man, it was unwatchable. Maybe, maybe, 
I mean, maybe for, this I is mean, one of those for, ones that I just watched after it's all over some other year, sometime. Oh, hmm. that makes me sad. What do you think, Dennis? Are you are you are you in this thing? I'm I'm kind of the same. Um, I don't know. Was this? Oh, well, this was off the air. We talked about this season one of Discovery. It was like, oh, new Star Trek. We haven't had new Star Trek in decades since Enterprise, which I watched and people didn't like. And we're like, oh, it's a new thing. It's different. They're focusing on one character and they're doing a serial story instead of episodic. Like these are all changes, but it's it's still interesting. It's new. It's exciting and all that. And we're like, the longer it went on, we're like, oh, it's okay. And then season two came out and, you know, we brought in Anson Mount and, you know, this this is weird time travel story, but still there were enough good things happening that were like, oh, they saved it. They, you know, they fired all the bad people who were making season one and they brought new people on for season two and it's going to be great. And then they spun those characters off into their old show, their own show that we're still waiting for. And we're like, okay, well now they're going into the future. So they're not bound by existing canon, which some people are like, great. They're not shackled by the canon. And I'm like, I don't think ah, that really, uh, I don't think that really held them up much in the original series. Right. Well, that's true. That's so. true. They were still they were still doing whatever the hell they wanted. I'm like, I feel like sometimes writers need the TV writers need some shackles to say, Hey, no, uh, stay in, stay within these boundaries so that people know what the rules are and know what to expect. This isn't uh, uh game of Thrones season eight. And, but then, you know, there's the big mystery, right? Like every season had its big mystery and we're like, okay, here we go. This is, it's the future and we don't know like enough time has passed that we're like well anything could have happened because it's so much time has passed and then you know season three had some interesting stories like the trill story was interesting to me the even the when they solved the mystery of the burn and went through all this stuff with the the character raised in isolation you're like okay this is a weird it's a weird sort of thing but it's a little more it's a little more star trek and I've just seen, again, I've just seen the first episode of this season four, but I was just constantly like rolling my eyes at every ridiculous thing that was like, it was either nonsensical or, or, or as you say, YA or, or juvenile kind of writing or this like thinly veiled preaching about stuff. Like they're going to, Starfleet's going to have their engineers work on uh, ships with alternative fuel and I'm like, okay, first of all, preaching. Second of all, the burn had a dilithium out of commission for like hundreds of years. And you're only now going to start looking for alternative fuel. Like it made no sense. I'm like, who wrote this? Are these like first year freshman uh, uh, screenwriter class uh, writers writing these episodes? Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. random. I take no, issue but... with you referring to it as thinly veiled. Because I think they're just beating me over the head with it. I don't think they tried to veil it. Which isn't out of character no. from Star Trek, right? Star Trek has always been trying to push social messages. At least the original right. series I, did I'm, and the next I'm generation did. I'm mixed on that. It, it, it really did. I, I said this. I don't know if I said this on the air. But because Enterprise was the only Star Trek that I watched, I mean, prior to three years ago, um, was the only Star Trek I watched as it was being aired, right? I got into original series in the mid 90s and next generation kind of around the same time maybe even late 90s so next generation was over when i got into star trek um 
And so any of the like uh, social or, or political commentary that they were trying to do was old. And so it didn't it didn't hit as hard as it would have if I had been, you know, one of those people living in the deep south when um, when Kirk kissed Uhura and it was, a, you know, a massive scandal. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, but then to be to be, you know, watching it now, I I felt like we got more of that from Picard, but it still is the same kind of thing where I'm like this. It just doesn't it doesn't feel like Star Trek. And I know that it technically is, right? It's really Star Trek, but I'm like, I just am not, I'm not getting any of the, any of the characteristics of Star Trek. Like the, the officers who are constantly arguing and bickering and questioning orders and all this stuff is just, it's just Well, and so, that was yeah. one of the things with the, one of the, Childish. with the next generation, at least, is that, and before, is that they weren't allowed to have any conflict between the main characters on the show. Yeah, yeah, especially right. Next Generation. Right, I, but it was a rule. Like, they couldn't write yeah, it in. Yeah, it was, it was Gene Roddenberry's rule. One of his rules when he started Next Generation was like, okay, we did some of this stuff with, with the original series, but this is the future, and it's utopian, and these people on this ship, they're the best of the best. They don't argue amongst themselves ever. And really, again, sort of tied the writer's hands, um, but created this weird sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Auto, not autocratic. This, this, you know, like tech, tech or science focused um, sort of culture where, you know, an officer looking at numbers, you know, Picard says, what's going on? And they're like, well, we went through this thing that sent us into a, into a time disturbance and and now we're three days in the past and he's like okay can we prevent it from happening again like there's no there's no real world i mean maybe there is but it seems very implausible real world that an underling tells a superior something so ridiculous and the superior trusts just fully trusts the capabilities of of the people under him um right and it's it's so like there's nothing even remotely like that in in Discovery. Well, and there is. Oh, sorry. Was, go ahead, Mike. I'll, I'll, I've been talking a lot. No, I, I I say that uh, to to go back to your to both of you guys things about um, Star Trek having social commentary. I I definitely agree with that. But I, I also was one that watched the Next Generation as it was kind of coming. Not every week, just you know, watched it throughout the seasons uh, as it was actually airing. Um, and I actually watched the series uh, again multiple times uh, straight through. They do not beat you over the head every week with social commentary. No. Yes. No. As oh. a, in a season, they will have two or three episodes that are clearly parallels to things that are happening or right. that they want to say. But that is not like that. When people try to tell me that, oh, that's what Star Trek is. That's what Star Trek. N- no. That is a cool part of Star Trek and how they have those things. And those are highlight episodes. But all of the other Star Trek things, there's a whole bunch more to a show than just that. Discovery is just that. One episode or two episodes a season and they just stick with it and run with it the entire season. And it's like, that makes me feel like you're just preaching to me and telling me the thing and telling me what I need to know every single episode. 
and it sucks. And and I and I like Dar I like Darmok, and I love all the other different episodes that they have that are social commentaries. But I don't want to watch the next or the original series where Kirk is making out with uh, Uhura every episode. Right? I you know what I mean? I just don't. I want to watch some science fiction. You know. Uh, seeing cool things and not having to worry about the things that all Pat said. At the but even when you, even when they did that in the original, in the original series or even in the next generation, like the one that, that is probably the most beat you over the head about it was the episode of the original series where they had the race that was extremely racist. Each of them were racist against each other. But the only difference was they were both half black and half white. But the difference was, mm-hmm. is the black, Part on your left half or your right half. Um, otherwise, they were right. identical. And I mean, that was very heavy-handed. But again, you're right. It was one episode that was that was heavy-handed. And even in that, it was very alien. Right. right. So it still fit right. within the show. I don't feel like they're they're making it fit within the alien nature of the show. In the the in this. In, in Discovery. In Discovery. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I there, do say, there I think two, the Trill part did. Yeah. There, there are, right. They, they do sometimes, once in a while. That was last season. And that was, that was yeah. last season. In, in original and 90s era Star Trek, like, I think of the episode of Deep Space Nine where, um, you know, Jadzia Dax is, is in this forbidden relationship with another woman, right? The, the the message of that episode is about you know uh you know lgbtq acceptance love is loved yeah. love is love but the story of the episode has nothing to do with that it's all about the trill and they're like leaving their past lives behind and the and the like not residual but the like remembered relationship between these two symbiotes not the the hosts that we see but the symbiotes inside them which if you don't know anything about the trail you're very confused but you're probably not listening to us talk about discovery then in that case (laughs) um there's there's an in-universe reason for this relationship to not be allowed so it's there's a there's a lesson and a and a and a dramatic tension happening in the universe of the show that's also saying something to us the viewers at the time. Um, and, and so that that's one part of it. Like one part of it is making it plausible and, um, and sensible in the universe and making it enough of a metaphor that you're like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't a story about how love is love. Or, I mean, it is a story about love is love. This is not, this is not a story about how lesbian love is okay. It's a story in universe about this forbidden love. And so like the message comes across either way. So it has to be, it has to be plausible in the world. And it's like so many other things that we say um, are okay in small doses, like fan service or suspension of disbelief. Like, to go back yeah. to Wheel of Time when they jump off that wall and hit the water and are fine. You're like, yeah, okay, that doesn't really work, but I don't mind, right? Right. The reason you can say, I don't mind, where you're like, oh, this episode is trying to teach me something and I don't mind. This this scene here is just pandering fan service, but I don't mind. You can say, I don't mind, if the the final product 
the movie or the episode or whatever is still good, is still fun, is still entertaining and enjoyable. If like if I'm watching an episode of next of uh, of Discovery and I'm bored, their moralizing preaching at me is not going to be I don't mind. It's going to be okay. Shut up! Like I'm already bored, and now you're preaching at me. Like get out of here. Yeah, yeah that's a good point well, that it draws like the the storylines drew you in more. Uh, and the one I'm thinking of is specifically sure. where uh, Cisco from DS9 goes back and is mm-hmm. a writer in the oh yeah yeah fifties uh, or whatever fifties or sixties or whatever, mm-hmm. and is trying to write sci-fi with a black captain and. Uh, it's very heavy handed, but it fit within the story and it drew you in and it had such parallels to the, to the whole show as a whole that it, while they were preaching, it was still not, it was not preaching. And it also, yeah, it also, I mean that from that standpoint, it was also wasn't controversial either. They weren't taking on a controversial topic of, Oh, there can be black captains. Right. So, yeah. Right. Well, so this, this, I mean, we'll close this up by saying that, um, Dennis, you, you can totally trump me on this one, but I don't know if this is one that we're going to, unfortunately, we're going to come back to. I don't know. I mean, we, we kind of have been down on discovery for a while now. Um, and especially hearing Pat's future thoughts on the things, uh, Pat's usually a good source for me on, on, on a lot of those things. I'm not sure it's one that I, I, I'm going to talk about every week or I even kind of want to have mm-hmm. a big go for. This may be a Trek series that I don't necessarily skip, but maybe someday I come back to. But yeah, I mean, maybe I'll just wait to Strange New Worlds. I think that's just the best. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best thing to for me to keep that, that Trek spirit alive. Um, or even, you know, if I feel like future Trek, going back and watch, you know, season two or something. Now, I will say they uh, may they may pull out of it a little bit because the the only thing that does give me hope is there was a nod to the dysfunction of the of the crew on there in the one of the later episodes i don't remember which one it was probably the third episode um and i don't want to tell you exactly what happened but uh the they did give a nod to the dysfunction of the of the crew and of the the situation on it. So maybe they're going to be able to fix the, the dysfunction and make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the major problem that makes me feel about have this feeling about not really coming back to it is that I just, after three seasons of watching, I just don't like Michael Burnham. And, um, that character is the lead of the show. Um, And now this, this whole season is like her coming into her own after all this time. And, and I, there is nothing that I necessarily like about that character. Yeah. It's the, so it's the special risk you take when you abandon the ensemble cast. Like you could, Mm. you could, you know, not really like Janeway and still Mm -hmm. watch Voyager, right? There's still Harry Kim and Tom Paris and Neelix and Cassidy. There's a bunch of stuff going on without the captain um but discovery has made like while there are still other characters on the show it from season 1 has had a main character which you know they've never done before yeah yeah okay well 
Sad. Uh, I've heard to say as we close this up here, Dennis, what, what's our show? What's our show for next week before as it, we're, we're way over here? Sure. Yeah. Um, what, OK. What's, our, what's our show for next week? We're moving into the holiday season. And so uh, I, I queried our buddy Pete for movie suggestions. He's a guy who he and his girlfriend watch a lot of Christmas movies and seemingly almost exclusively new or newish Christmas movies. Right. Like my mom watches a lot of Christmas movies, but they're either Hallmark movies or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. stuff made before the mid-70s, right? Old classics, yeah. Bing Crosby and whatnot. But, but uh, Pete is in the, the modern stuff. Yeah, he's always watching the modern stuff, the Netflix and Hulu originals and and all that stuff. So he mentioned a movie called A Castle for Christmas. I okay. I don't know anything about this except there is a castle. and Like Nathan Fillion? Uh, no, no, a literal building no. castle. Okay. And okay. Uh, uh, someone is doing a Scottish accent. Uh, Carrie Elwes is in this, uh, Wesley. I, I am a sucker for Scottish accents, so. Right. I, good I knew that, and so I was like, this this seems like, because he named a couple, and they're weird, like, he's like, this is good with this, and this is good with that, and I'm like, oh, this isn't really helping me. And then he said Scottish right. accents, and I'm like, that'll be fine. I mean, she, if they, if they even allude to like Natty Dread, then I'm all over it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all cool. right. Okay. So, so a, a castle for Christmas next week. Yep. Yep. All right. You've been listening to the front porch. This has been episode 224. Special thanks to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you want to reach us Pat. with, uh, I want to get to Pat at the end. Oh, <laughs> in the middle of my spiel. <laughs> Uh, you're right in the middle. Okay. If you want to reach out to us with suggestions for Christmas movies or otherwise that we should watch and discuss, you can do that via email. The address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there to reach out. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, that would be awesome. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. And I'm Pat. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Bye.